0: humans in history the bite-sized birthday biography podcast i'm your host hannah mira this is a daily podcast which shines a spotlight on a person born on this day at some point in history somewhere in the world who made a positive lasting impact today september 21st we're going to celebrate the birth and life of pramila jayapal the first south asian woman in the house of representatives who was born on this day in 1965 So when I was coming up with the idea for this show, I remember talking to a friend of mine who asked if I was going to include politicians on this podcast as it could be polarizing. I thought about that for a bit before deciding that if the person fits the criteria of having made a positive impact in some way, then they would absolutely be considered regardless of party orientation. My criteria for being a politician that has helped make their country slash the world a better place would be working actively for civil and women's rights advancement, supporting reproductive and mental health for women across all demographics, supporting minority communities, protecting the environment and wildlife, and being an active ally for the gay community. And as these are not partisan issues, they are human issues, all of these things should just be a part of what we do as humans, regardless of our political affiliation. So today we are going to talk about politics and abortion, because if there's anything that everyone can agree on, it's those two topics. Our human in history today has spoken openly about everything from postpartum depression to abortion to having a gender non-conforming child. And in doing so, I might add, taking a very bold and necessary public stance in removing some of the silence that tends to cloud these topics. She vigorously supports and has created legislation that raises minimum wage. She fights the Trump administration's stance on the detainment of immigrant children. She supports free college, better Medicare services, and clean air initiatives. I think about Representative Jayapal and so many other brave women who were the first to do something big and important, the historical jungle of obstacles and skepticism that they had to hack through just to get to some kind of a ground floor clearing where they could begin to contribute meaningfully and be valued for those contributions. When Representative Jayapal uh, called out Trump's travel ban in 2017, labeling it a Muslim ban, because let's face it, that's what it was, Idaho Republican Representative Raul Labrador told her to, quote, learn to read, and she pointed out that she was actually an English major. Thank you very much. That same year, Arkansas Republican Rep. Dong Young was berating her in front of colleagues, and he referred to her as, quote, young lady, telling her that she doesn't know a damn thing what she's talking about. So ignoring his abhorrent sentence structure for a second. Do you think that he would have ever spoken this way to a white male colleague? I found a quote of hers that really stopped me in my tracks the other day. She said, I'm conscious of my race and ethnicity in the legislature. It's hard not to be how many women, particularly women of color, are conscious of their gender and their race every day of their lives. I think if you asked most women of color that, their answer would be a resounding yes. I'm Caucasian, so I can't speak to what it's like to occupy the space of a woman of color, but I imagine that the ultimate privilege, the quietest one and the most epidemic, is to live a life of never feeling conscious of what you look like and what your appearance triggers in others knowing that doors will, of course, open for you throughout your life, that there's no need for you to fight for basic civil rights because you've never known life without them. This is the space that white people, and especially white men, occupy. Now, on to Our Lady of the Day, Representative Jayapal. So after a childhood in Chadras, India, she immigrated to the States by herself at 16 to start college. She completed a bachelor's from Georgetown University, followed by an MBA from Northwestern. She worked in finance and marketing for a bit before moving her career path towards the public sector in 1991. After the 9-11 attacks, she founded the Hate Free Zone, now called One America, which is an immigration advocacy group. This group worked to aid immigrants in the voter registration process, as well as lobbying for immigration reform. When the Bush administration tried to have 4,000 Somalis deported, Hate Free Zone sued the government and won. In 2014, she helped to negotiate the minimum wage raised to $15 an hour for Seattle residents, as well as co-chairing the department in charge of selecting a new police chief, resulting in the election of Seattle's first ever female police chief. She became state senator for Washington in 2014, and during her time in the state Senate, she created and supported legislation that provided more government job opportunities for people of color. She sponsored a bill aimed at testing and tracking all of the misplaced rape kits in the police department, and in 2016, she ran for Congress in Washington's 7th District, receiving endorsement from Bernie Sanders. Representative Jayapal and her colleagues have been instrumental in constructing legislation aimed at making all colleges tuition-free, fighting the impact of climate change, and supporting universal health care. She was arrested at the June 28, 2018 Women Disobey protest of the Trump administration's zero-tolerance immigration policy. In the 20 years of her political career, she has dedicated her life to immigration reform and immigrant rights, public health initiatives, and civil rights advancement. Her career and her record speak for themselves, but what most touched me, what most resonated with me as a woman, as a mother, and just as a person was the bravery and the honesty that she showed when she wrote a New York Times op-ed in 2019 about her abortion. Like countless women around the world and throughout history, myself included, motherhood was different than she imagined. When her child, Janek, was born unexpectedly at 26.5 weeks while vacationing in India, they, Janek is gender non-conforming, weighed less than two pounds. They were in intensive care for months and would spend years in and out of emergency departments for ongoing lung issues. As a mother of a son who had health issues as a baby, I can say that no parent imagines that their child will have medical problems, though they constantly worry that they will and when they do the world stops your brain is never a hundred percent anywhere else nothing else fully matters aside from your child getting well they just constantly sit in the front of your brain so not only was her child critically ill she ended up contracting a life-threatening infection after her emergency c-section and as a result she struggled with postpartum depression for years afterwards When she found herself pregnant again after uh, the delivery of her first child, there was no question in her mind that her mental and her physical health just could not support a pregnancy, and her hospitalized child needed her full attention. Her physicians also agreed that this pregnancy ran the risk of going the same way as the first, which would jeopardize the baby's life as well as her own. And as she said, for me, terminating my pregnancy was not an easy choice, but it was my choice. So quick sidebar on something I learned while reading about this. 60% of women who have an abortion already have one or more children. And to me, that was interesting because a lot of the times, uh, the pro-life camp, they lean really hard on this idea of a woman selfishly choosing between motherhood and their career, which is every woman's right to do so. Let's just be clear about that. There's nothing selfish about that whatsoever. But in fact, it would appear that a lot of women, when they make this choice, They do it because they know that given their family situation, their lives, their mental health, financial state, whatever the reason may be, and every reason is valid because it is your body. These women cannot responsibly and properly raise and care for another person, so they make a responsible choice. And these things like fertility and miscarriage and abortion, these are all necessary conversations to have, and for women in positions of visibility to open that space is so important. Currently, Representative Jayapal is the incumbent co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus and the incumbent member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Washington's 7th District. She and her husband, Steve Wilkinson, live in Seattle. My sources today were Vox, her website, jayapal.house.gov, Wikipedia, and various news footage. There is a clip where she is talking about some um, LGBTQ legislation, and she gives one of the most tear-jerking messages I have ever seen in support of her non-gender conforming child. It is, it's heartwarming. And if you feel like having a happy cry, I urge you to Google, uh, representative Jaya Paul LGBTQ speech. It's from a April 2nd, 2019 speech that she gave. And it's just, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I can't overstate that enough. She also has a book that just came out called use the power you have a Brown woman's guide to politics and political change. Thank you so much for joining me for our birthday celebration of Representative Jayapal. Please join me tomorrow, September 22nd, when we celebrate the birth and life of Junko Taipei, the Japanese mountaineer who was the first woman to climb Mount Everest. See you then.